Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by The Here and the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Got a project to plug? Want to advertise on the podcast? Hit me up and we'll make it happen. We're also taking sponsors, so let's do that too. And as always, follow us on Twitter and visit theaterinthenow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. Today, I have a very special interview with the beautiful, the talented, the Blake Zolfo. How are you? Hi, friend. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you. This is a long time coming. Yeah. Cheers, dude. Yeah. I'm excited we're doing it. Um, are you enjoying the almost spring weather? Almost? Emphasis on almost? Uh... Yeah, it gives me hope that like springs are on the corner, yeah, and summer in New York is around the corner. Hopefully, I I'm pretty I'm fifty percent sure summer's coming. I think we're gonna skip spring completely and just go right into summer. Your lips to God's ears. You you can feel it too, right? <laughs> it's gonna happen. Absolutely. We're gonna have like four like eighty degree days and then we're done. All, all the gays are in Sad. tank tops and uh, shorts. For, and that's for those it. four days. Yeah. <laughs> then they go back into hiding. Do you have any uh, plans for the summer or spring? I'm going home soon. Home? Uh, well, the, the, yeah. I'm going home to Indiana in a few weeks. Um, Jordan and I are trying to plan a Florida trip for summer over the summer. Nice. Um, yeah. That's about it. I mean, like... I'm chilling. Like I'm, I'm trying to take a take a big like relaxing break and just like enjoy summer in New York and nice. work on a few projects. I'm yeah. Cool. More well, on that later. We'll get to all that. But you know what? Let's learn a little bit about you. Okay. You mentioned it, but where are you from? I am from Crown Point, Indiana. And what was life like there? Deliciously quaint. Uh, we have like brick streets and a solid school system and. Everyone knows everyone, and when you pass someone on the street, you say hi, and uh, it's it's, it's like sm- mid- it's Midwest. Living. It's the epitome of Midwest, with emphasis on the brick streets, because there's like quaint, like we all own the same cow, Midwest. But then there's, <laughs> but then there's like quaint, like brick streets. So that's what Crown Point is, and you have a little bit of an accent, uh, uh, a little. Bit. Oh my god, that's so funny! In college, my dialect teacher was like. You and the woman from the South have the most pronounced accent. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I say like A. I, you're, ta- you're talking about like bad or, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I do do that. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> so where did you go to school? Uh, went to, you're saying for college? Yeah. Uh, Boston Conservatory. And that, what was that like? Going best... from Midwest to the East Coast. It was, it was the best stepping stone I could have asked for to move to New York. Um... It, I mean, like, it feels like a suburb of Chicago, and, like, I'm right by Chicago in Indiana, so, like, it was it was Crown Point to Chicago to, to Boston, and then, like, New York seemed like the next natural progression. And, and you must have had, like, some great colleagues and classmates who, like, have gone on to amazing things, because oh. that school is oh, a breeding ground for talent. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you know about Jillian Butler on the national tour of Les Mis, uh... Like, my immediate classmates are, are, are killing it. Yeah. Micah Woods just... Shout out to Micah Woods, who just dropped his first, like, singer-songwriter album. Amazing. I'm, I'm proud of our class. Like, we had we had great people who, like, love the business and, like, have a keen edge and know what they want in life. And, like, they hit the ground running when they graduated. Amazing. Yeah. 
I'm so proud. So the obvious transition was Boston mm-hmm. to New York. Yeah. Uh, was there any other city that you considered? Yeah. Uh-oh, which was it? Chicago. Chicago? And I'm still considering it. Oh. It, it's New York, but it's it's a more... Um, it's, a, it's a more inclusive area as far as the theater community goes. Like, because Chicago's so small, like, the theater community feels like most of the city. Whereas, like, New York feels so big that even though there is this huge theater community, it... it I just feel like Chicago welcomes you in a way that that and, m- and maybe I'm biased because I'm I'm from the Midwest yeah. and so I'm just used to Chicago. But like they welcome you in the theater community in Chicago in a way that that I've just never seen in any other city. Nice. Yeah. So what was it like adjusting to the Big Apple? Scary and and I had a U-Haul and a dream and a, <laughs> and a friend who drove with me on what? Four, three years ago. Um, it, it's scary, but I, I, I had enough contacts in New York that I was, like, living with a friend of a friend instead of, like, having to find new roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I luckily had a contract before I moved to New York. Oh, so, great. like, I, the day I was moving in my U-Haul, like, getting my friend's stuff out of his apartment, I got an email on my phone that was like, you're going to go on tour. And I was like, fierce! Nice. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it had a nice safety net, even though it was, like, scary at first. So you went on tour. Yes. And you came back to the city. Yes. Did you take any random, weird, crazy survival jobs? I worked at Equinox. I wouldn't say that was crazy. It was, no. like, it was like hard hours. That's, um, like, the typical I was a, gay actor I, thing. I was a nanny. You're an, a manny. A manny, excuse You're me. A manny. I was a manny for a good stretch, and I was pretty good at it. But like, boy, do I have scary, crazy. I'm trying to think of like the PC stories I can tell. <laughs> uh, I mean, literally, like case in point of my nanny experience was on my first day. I had sworn I was supposed to meet these kids at like 72nd and 5th or something, and. I couldn't for the life of me find the school that the parents had described and like I just was walking around anyone I would find and be like is there a school of kids nearby I'm supposed to pick up some kids like it I'm was just... sure that <laughs> phrasing went over well it I found them eventually it's good and 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 the family is lovely and like they treated me really well so like I can't ultimately complain about the stress that I like went through but like Mannying is something that I loved my experience, and I hope to never have to do it again. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. You're, I'm not the person you want mannying. No. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get involved in theater? Um, that's an excellent question. Uh, in seventh grade, my dad was friends with like a local community theater owner, and they were friends because my dad taught at their high school, and. They were just like passing in the grocery store and, and Mike Reinhardt, I hope you're listening. Oh my God, I'm going to tag you in this, in this podcast. Um, Mike Reinhardt approached my dad and was like, hey, like we're always looking for more people to do Scrooge uh, in the cast. And my dad was like, my, my son like sings, I guess. So he was like, do you want to do it? And I was like, uh, yeah. And I, I wore the wrong socks and got yelled at, but it was the best. It was the, the best. wrong socks. No, I was... Scrooge is like they all wear like dark colors because they're like poor. Uh huh. And don't tell me you wear like pink. No, no, not pink, not pink, not pink. I wore white, like bright white, and she, and like they were like they were like um what do you call it? like athletic socks, not even like sure. period socks. Like 
It was bad. Um, <laughs> but I had enough fun, and I, like, made friends, and, like, that was sort of my in into theaters. Like, I got an opportunity to, like, make friends and music. That's you know? great. I loved it, yeah. What was the first Broadway show you ever saw? Next to Normal. Really? At the Schubert Theater. At the booth, excuse the, me. The booth. Um, oh, my... And... and and that will always remain one of my top five favorite shows of all time because my family was traveling the whole day. And when we were like exhausted, we dropped ourselves off. At, we were staying at a hostel. We dropped ourselves off at the hostel and like walked from 110th to Times Square because we were oh like, God. it's summer. Blake's new in New York. We were exhausted. We got to the theater and like when my family's tired, we get really emotional. And so like an emotional Zolfo family was watching a show about a family falling apart. Like, yeah, it, we cried from the moment she started making sandwiches on the floor through the end. Spoiler. She makes sandwiches on the floor. Um, (laughs) but like, I love that show and I love every single show I've ever seen in the booth theater. Amazing. Every single one. So who are some of your theatrical inspirations? The obvious, uh, Kyle Dean Massey, speaking of next to normal, he was my first, um, Gabe. Um, Gavin Creel, I guess all those like lyric tenors, partially because like, I don't think I'll ever be a true lyric tenor, but boy, do I want to aspire to be one. Um, I just really admire Kyle Dean Massey cause he's like a real, he's a real person. And I reached out to him after I saw Next to Normal and I was like, Hey, I sort of follow your career. Thank you so much for like being an out and proud gay man who's like living his best life in New York and he like wrote me back. That's great. And that was just really cool for me. I was like, you're on Broadway and you took the time to like write me an email back. It, yeah. That's sweet. And I, I, I want, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I want, I like people who are like, yes, talented, but like, I love hearing that you're also like a, a person who handwrites cards. You know, like yeah, that kind of, awesome. that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's going to be you one day. I hope so. Your lips to God's ears. <laughs> so as an actor, what is your type? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm the I'm the Midwestern best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I play I play the best the silly, um, well-meaning, sincere. I play sincere like you wouldn't believe. Um, Any dream roles that fit that type? Oh, I'm I just went in for the Anna Green Gables musical and like that Gilbert is a dream role. Um, uh, I want to play Millie on a... I, I, not Millie, the role. I want to... <laughs> although... I, I mean, um, <laughs> let's get you into drag, too. Um, I want to... I, Millie would be the third time I've done it, so I want to do, like, a regional production of of Millie and play, play Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, all my other dream roles are, like... Are you more of a Gabe or a Henry? Gabe. My personality is a Henry, like... Because yeah. I'm just like... Blah, blah, blah. But, like, I guess type-wise, everyone calls me in for Gabe. I can't sing those songs. I'm not a lyric tenor. Nope, See? Nope, nope. It's a catch-22. <laughs> what are your go-to audition songs and monologues? It's Love from Wonderful Town. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's just a fun song. Like, I'm feeling love and I want to share it with you. What? That's, like, that's my type in a nutshell. Um, my go-to monologue. I do Twelfth Night from Shakespeare. Um, I do... Oh, I do a delicious Rosencrantz and Guildenstern monologue. Of course you do. I love that play. I love plays with, like, words and, like, insanity and diction. I just love that. I love that. Um, 
What's my Oh, and then I sing I sing stiletto, Billy Joel. Okay. When I'm going in for like edgier stuff or like pop rock, I I, I sing stiletto. Nice. Shout out to Lauren Paley for, who like gave me the hardest time about doing that song in college and look at me now. What is the craziest <laughs> song in your book? Like the most random song that you're like, I can't believe I have to pull this out for random auditions. I have like I have a song called You'll Never Get Into This Restaurant. <laughs> Which is about this, like, queenie... It's, like, this queenie concierge maitre d' who's, like, telling these people that they're not gonna get into this restaurant. Interesting. Uh, I've never, like... Oh, I used it once. I did not get called back. So <laughs> so I have since been a little gun-shy about, about using it. What is your advice for people looking for songs and monologues? Do songs you, like, really love. Because, like, boy, if you're going to have to be in an audition situation that's that's going to be stressful and or uh, a little scary, like, you want to have a friend in your pocket to be like, I'm here to sing this song you always know how to sing. Like, yeah, I, yeah find a song that you just love. Because if you don't like it, even if it shows off your range, like, I think it translates. I think they can tell that you don't like it. Or, like, yeah. they can tell that you have a song that you'd rather be singing. I'm convinced that translates. Nice. Yeah. If you could redo one role that you've played, what would it be? Oh, you're asking some good questions. Right? I'm good at this. I right? love this. I love this. What is it? What is the question? Read it one more time. If you could redo one role that you've played, what would it be? Alfred in um in Little Murders. Okay. It was my senior year. And ta- and and I was cast against type. He's supposed to be. Are you familiar with Little Murders? Okay, um, um, Jules Pfeiffer. It's a it's a fascinating play, and there's all these characters that are basically like dealing with the the nerve wracking end of the world. Jules, Fe- Jules Pfeiffer does a lot of like nerve wracking characters, um, and the character I was supposed to play is this like nihilist who is just a bumbling. He, he, like every time I've seen him, he wears like schlobby clothes and like just like doesn't care about anything and they put me in a fat suit like oh, that's how against type i was for this and and like my director every time we'd have rehearsal would like come up to me and be like okay so that that wasn't quite it uh but like you, you i can see you trying and he would like go he would like really encourage me and he wrote me like a, the, a lovely opening night card that was like your attempt at trying to get this role was like was valiant or whatever, implying that, like, I never quite got it. And I agree, like, I never quite understood it because personality-wise, I believe in everything. Yeah. And to play a character that doesn't believe in anything was just so hard. I was like, how do you play that? How do you... He, he, he literally would have lines like, I don't care about anything. So, like, how do you play that? Yeah. I would... L- and it was, it was an awesome rehearsal process. So if I could yes. have that director again and that cast again and just, like, have another stab at it, I would love that. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so you uh, did a little off-Broadway show, what was it, Stop. last year? Yeah. What was it called? <laughs> it was called Kid Victory. Yeah, and who did you play? I played Andrew. Um, his full name, which is not in the script because it's not actually his full name, his name is Kyle Andrew Hodges. Okay. Um, it was just, it was awesome. I got to be with Karen Ziemba and Joel Blum and Dan Jenkins and, and... Now celebrity Brandon Flynn. Yeah, look at that. Look at he's a, he's it's doing he's doing all the things. Like yeah, he, he, he he will not stop working and he's he's doing all the right things mm-hmm. for his career, like and he deserves it. He's an incredible actor. Yeah. Like And he's everyone's gay crush. He's 
At least mine. Yeah. And according to his Twitter followers and Facebook followers <laughs> and Instagram followers, like everyone else's. Everyone else's. Yeah. So what was that experience like for you? I got to like try my hand at New York theater and like I got to work with Liesl Tommy and, and like she's she's awesome at just cutting away the bullshit of a story and just being like, no, 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 like what do we need the audience to know at this moment? How, well, whose journey are we following? And, and what is it about that journey that this moment tells us? Um, and I got to see John Kander every day. Yeah. Like, we, we study him in school as literally a legend, an icon, a pioneer of musical Absolutely. theater. Oh, and, and to see him every day and have him be like, hey, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Or like... He, I was having a really rough day in... I don't remember if we were in performances at this point. We probably were, at least in previews. And I just... I felt like I bombed that day and blah, blah, blah. And he came up to me and, like, held my face and he said, I wish you could see how good you are in this show. That's the sweetest thing ever. And I was like... Like, I just got... I got chills just now, like, repeating yeah. the... He's the kindest human that anyone has ever met. And to write the kinds of shows he does, like, you wouldn't expect that out of this... This quiet, kind... He writes such, like, dark, delicious, yeah. heartfelt stuff. And, I mean, I guess you would see and, that. Uh, and your performance obviously paid off because you got a little nomination for something. You're so sweet. I, I, I did. And what what was it like getting a Cheetah Rivera nomination? Surreal, and I'm still, like... I, I in my... in Because, like, you have to write an acceptance speech, whether you plan on right. giving it or of not. Course. You have to. And in my acceptance speech, I wrote something to the effect of... Uh, when I first heard about the news, uh, Steve Harvey had just given the Miss America thing. Uh, La La Land had just won Best Picture, and doesn't everything come in threes? Like, yeah. I was convinced like they got the nomination wrong, or like they meant another Blake, or like because <laughs> I, I was I was working with like Karen Ziemba, who is like a Tony Award winner for a dance role, exactly, and Joel Blum, who's a two-time Tony nominee for two uh, one dance role, like. You know what I mean? Like, I was working... And Jeffrey Denman. Like, mm -hmm. I was surrounded by Broadway's finest dancers. Yeah. And then, like, they were like, Blake, it's you. And I was like... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I was the only one who, like, really danced in the show. So, like, maybe by comparison that, like, everyone else was just walking and then sure. they saw movement and they were like, that's a dancer. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's still weird. It's I'm incredibly honored. Like... Jeffrey is a is a um, a Fred Astaire nominee and like mm -hmm. they rebranded as the Cheetah Riveras, so like to be working with Jeffrey and see how how great he is and then to like get a nomination alongside him, yeah, it's amazing, amazing. So with the trio, where what order would you put actor, dancer, oh. singer? Um, I fancy myself an actor, singer, dancer. Because uh, all of my favorite teachers from college like would always emphasize like the story comes first. You're always an actor. You may be singing, but you're still telling a story. You may be dancing, but you're still telling a story. And so like, whether skill set wise, I'm an actor first. Who knows? Who ultimately cares? Um, but like for for what I try to prioritize, acting. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks, dude. So when you make your Broadway debut and inevitably win a Tony Award. Um. Do you want to originate a role or star in a revival? Originally, I wanted to write a role that I then originated. Uh huh. <laughs> I have I have lofty dreams. Um, that actually could still. Hey, stay tuned for that. That could still happen. <laughs> um, 
I, I want to I want to originate it just because I think when I see other people's performances, I'm so in awe of them. But then I also like can't get them out of my head, and then I'm worried that I'm making choices that are too similar to theirs, or I'm trying to be different just for the sake of being different. Um, I want to originate that way because like originating Andrew off Broadway, like I was so free and like any choice I made was true because like. I made the decision. They yeah. cut dialogue because they were like, if Blake can't make that work, then that's not what Andrew would say. That's that, that was awesome. Coo- yeah. That was cool. And so I want I want that experience on the Broadway level. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to originate it. Done and done. Done. Everyone in the universe, let's do it. How do you stay theatrically active? Uh, my production company helps me. What like, a great oh segue. My gosh. Oh my God, I'm so good at this. <laughs> Um, and actually Iris was found, my production company is called Iris Productions. Um, and part of the reason it was founded was like three friends, uh, two friends of mine and I got together and we were like, Hey, life's pretty great. We're pretty great. We're pretty happy with the, um, with the way that our careers have been going, but there's still a lot of downtime. Like 2017 was a great year for me. And I still had nine months chilling in New York, like doing whatever. Um, and so we were like. We got a little anxious and we were like, we have ideas that we want to put together and we have a team that we trust. So like, let's fill up that time. Amazing. Yeah. What is the mission statement? Sure. Um, We are a multimedia production company that incubates and fosters work at the intersection of media. It's like you have it memorized. I'm I'm like 95% sure that's... Uh, it's like 95% accurate. I think I, I think I rearranged a few words. Um, and what that means is that we're really interested in works that go across genres. Um, we're inspired by like 40X movies. Um, we're inspired by shows that uh, don't define themselves as like a play. Like we love immersive stuff. We love, we're working on a, a show right now that a primary component is smell. It's a live theater piece, and, like, a primary component is smell. How exciting to, yeah. like, like no one's ever done it before. And so we're, and if it ends up being a flop, like, great, we tried it. Like, I, stay tuned. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be a flop. Good. I'm excited. In the meantime, I'm so excited. Amazing. Yeah, so talk about Incubate. Sure. Um, Incubate, we started it as a, as a resource for actor producers to sort of, get the tools and people that they don't currently have. Um, it's something that I ran into a lot my first year, my into my second year in New York, that like, for being the mecca of theater, it sure is hard to find other people to do theater with. Yeah. Um, and that, that just made me sad. And, and we talked about uh, our company creating a place where people can come to connect with other technicians. Um, we, we had a playwright connect with us, a composer, and now they're off as a writing team. And, and we have people who um, just want to get their work produced, and they come for the, the lecturers that, we, that we've brought. Um, and, and what's funny is, like, we were like, I don't know if this is something that just we want or, like, something that people actually want. And for both of our official events that we've had, they've been sold out. Great. Within a day or two of us putting the link online. So, like... That was exciting, that was encouraging, and that was our clocking of, oh, this is actually something that people want. Nice. Yeah. Who do you want to be involved? In Incubate? Yeah. Writers, composers, technicians, people who are doing, like, weird projects. We had, not weird in a bad way, just, like, uncommon. Um, 
we had a podcast person come. We had a, a puppeteer come. And they even said to us, they're like, I'm not sure how you can help us. And I said, I'm not sure either, but darn it, I'm going to try. Because that's exciting. And and we, and we Iris's mission is across media. So, like, why can't we invite a puppeteer? Why can't we? Obviously, it's mostly writers, composers, and producers. Um, but I always get really excited when someone outside of those categories yeah, comes. I love that. What are your goals with Iris? Our goal is to pick up a Tony or two. All right. Um, <clears throat> our goal is to expand Incubate to also accommodate actors. Because um, we believe that there should also be a resource for actors to go to to get involved in projects on the ground floor. Um, what are our other goals? Um, we want to we wanna produce a bunch of our, our own original work. Um, we're interested and, and available for other people's work to come in and we take it on. Uh, right now we're focusing mostly on our own. And so like... Our goals in the in the next like two three years is is doing this first big project of smell theater, um, and and just expanding our, our our ultimate goal is just pushing the boundaries of like what's allowed to be on stage. Why can't you have smell? Why can't you have a theatrical experience that you don't know if it was a one man show or if you watched a movie? Like yeah, why can't there be a movie where it's uh, 45 minutes of just something you watch and then a 15 minute live component like yeah. why is that not I mean, allowed we, there there are no rules anymore thank I mean, you there's theatrical porn on stage now in afterglow so oh my great is that what they're billing it as no that's <laughs> what i bill it as sure 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 it's fucking theatrical <laughs> porn. like you haven't seen it it's an, inc- an incredible topic that they discuss yes. oh sure the way it's done i cannot focus on the conversation when I'm looking oh. at naked bodies the entire time under a raining oh, sure. shower. I haven't seen it. I'm excited. I would I would love to see it. I I, yeah. I mean, it, they just got extended like a good Again, handful of times. Because everyone's naked the entire fucking show. <laughs> hey, sex sells. Oh, it, it so does. It so <laughs> does. Live? Yes. <laughs> well, do you want to give any shout outs to any and anyone else on the team? Oh, every single... We're, it, it's a group of... Uh, it's a core group of seven that's really working really hard. Rye Armstrong, he comes from a strong music background and is working on our development. Cody Garcia is a, a, this creative brain that we're, we're trying to, like, squeeze out as much... Because he just... He, he exudes creativity. Um, Olivia Griffin, who just did... I, you saw the... Um, mm-hmm eight second video when when they cut you down to eight bars like she's our social media and outreach person uh wes barnes is like this high energy he's our programming person and he's like easy on the eyes and cleans up nice so like he's just an awesome person for that carly straubing is our is our angel relations person and she's she's used to like having business meetings and like talking to people as equals but making them feel comfortable so she's dealing with our investors and our angels um Danny Marin is our um, director of management who has like a huge breadth of work and like he's always working on more projects and so like to have him in charge of our management. We we just have a dream team. And then there's you. And then there's me. And then I'm just like bumping into walls until people push me in the right direction. Um, well, give a, give us the social media. Where can we find Iris? Um, find us on all social media platforms. Iris Prod NYC. Um... You can go to our website, iris.productions, and I think those are our major... Yeah. Reach Iris, out. Hit them up. irisprodnyc, and iris.productions is our website if you want more information on Incubate 
or about any of the projects we're working on. Amazing. Yeah, dude. So, I love playing games. I love games, We're going to play a game. Yes, please! Um, since you are a theater queen, yes. Um, we are going to play a game called This or That. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you two choices. Okay. And you have to pick one and tell us why. Just which one I like more. Or for what, whatever you want. Just whichever one yeah. grabs me. Yeah. Okay. This may be hard. You may have like some Sophie choice okay. moments, but <laughs> we'll see. So we're going to start with okay. Elphaba or Glinda. Elphaba. Okay. Oh, and I have to give you why. Yeah, if you want. Because she fights and wins. Yeah. And she may not have the reputation that she won, but boy, did she win for what she defined as winning. Yeah. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Audra McDonald or Kelly O'Hara? Uh, Audra? Okay. Six Tonys. With all due respect Listen. to Kelly's nominations and the Tonys she should have won. And there's another one that I think Audra stole from Jan Maxwell, but that's a whole nother. Stole? Oh, Those Jan, are controversial Jan words. Jan Maxwell should have won for Follies. Oh, I didn't see Follies. That was the performance. Well, uh, what year was this for Audra? That well, was number five. What, uh, Gershwin? Um, no, Borgian Best? Uh, yeah, I think it was Borgian Best. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever. I'm Audra. Team Audra. Sondheim or Schwartz? Sondheim. You can't... I love Schwartz for, like, Pippin. Love mm-hmm. Schwartz for Pippin and, and a handful of other things. Sondheim. He makes you think and feel at the same time. Yeah. And that's hard to do. Carol Channing or Bette Midler? I've never seen Bette perform so Carol. She's the original. She's the OG. I saw her in the in the um, the Dolly revival once she had already played it. Wow. She was exquisite and full of life. How old were you? Oh, well, I saw it in the library. I saw oh, it in the Lincoln Center okay. library. I was like... Spoiler, I saw it in the library. <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar or Joseph and the Amazing Second Color Dream Jesus Coat? Christ Superstar. No competition. No competition? Jesus Christ Superstar. I've been in Joseph and it was all... It was a... Did you it was play a, Joseph? No, and that's why I'm bitter. Who did you play? I played Simeon, or, or, or I think I played Reuben, but I sang Simeon's song. That's ridiculous. It was a, okay. it was, it was a busted production. Of course it was. I hope that director is listening. <laughs> <laughs> Next we have Karen or Ivy. What? What? Smash. <gasps> I've never seen a single episode. Kat McPhee is who I is who I side with because she's a vocal grad. Woo! I never I never watched Smash. Wow. I never got into it. Wow, you have some homework to do. I was going through changes. Uh-huh. Okay, let's go with that. <laughs> Speaking of changes, rent or spring awakening? Rent for me was the OG. Rent okay. was the OG. Patty or Bernadette? Patty. Okay. Big Be- I I've never seen Bernadette live, so maybe it's unfair to Bernadette, but Patty. All right, all right. Patty. I've seen her live a plenty of times. Les Miserables or Miss Saigon? Les Mis. Never seen Miss Saigon, though, to be fair. Mean Girls or Heathers? Mean Girls. Tina Fey. Okay. Tina Fey. Julie Andrews or Angela Lansbury? Oh. (laughs) This is mean. I know. Julie Andrews or Angela Lansbury. Julie Andrews... Because okay. she, she, she deserved longer. She deserved, let, like, she deserved longer in the musical theater, and she didn't get that chance. Yeah. Poor girl. <laughs> the Wild Party by Andrew Lippa, or The Wild Party by Michael John Lacusa? Lippa, only because I've never seen the Lacusa. I've heard lovely things about it, I've just <laughs> never seen it. That's fair, that's fair. Aaron Tveit or Stephen Pasquale? Oh. 
Can I choose both? Nope, you got the one. <laughs> uh, Steven. Yeah? His performance in Bridges, like, made me come into my womanhood. Of course he did. <laughs> like, Aaron Tveit is an amazing performer. Steven made me come into my womanhood. <laughs> <laughs> Next is Hamilton or Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen, because I'm knocking down that door to get in that show <laughs> ASAP. Yeah. And it and it's gonna be a hot second till I'm in Hamilton because I gotta wait about 10, 15 years. It's true, it's true. So Nathan Lane or Matthew Broderick? Nathan Lane. You did you see, front page? Did you see him in front page? I did not. He came in like a hurricane and didn't stop hurricaning. He yeah. was amazing. I loved him. Underappreciated, and I've heard he's amazing in Angels too. Nice. Well he's pretty good. <laughs> Into the Woods or Sweeney Todd? Into the woods. It makes me feel deep feels. I'm sure it does. It really does. Jonathan Groff or Andrew Rannells? Jonathan Groff. Okay. He was my first... I didn't know he was from Broadway, but he was my first Broadway crush. Of course. I didn't know he was from Broadway. Cabaret or Chicago? Cabaret. Okay, okay. I like that. Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. Everyone loves Chicago. It's been running for, what, 21 years? 20... They, oh, yeah, because they just turned 21. Yeah. They're legal now. They're legal I now. loved that branding. Um, cabaret. The ending, like, chilling. Yeah. Es- especially the two times I've seen it directed, chilling. Barbara Streisand or Leah Michelle? Barbara. The OG. Everyone, everyone's going to yell at me for even asking that one. Cause I, she's the OG. Does someone say, like, with all due respect to Leah, does, does well, anyone say? There are some drag queens who will do uh, the Leah Michelle Don't Rain on My Parade and everyone's like fuck that it's oh, horrible yeah. that's controversial it is very controversial Barbara. Um, Spongebob the musical or Frozen I haven't seen Frozen but I had a blast at Spongebob it was fun yeah Jordan and I saw it on Broadway Roulette and like boy did it It was fun sweet I had a fun night in the theater Cheetah or Rita is that a joke no Cheetah I mean, they, Cheetah. They, Don't get me wrong, Rita was my first, but I have to side with Cheetah. She gave me a nomination. It's true. <laughs> and finally, Candor and Ebb or Pasek and Paul? Oh, are you joking? Candor and Ebb. Yeah. Come on. Don't get me wrong, like, with all due respect to their blossoming career, like, Scottsboro Boys is my, is my number that one show was... of all time. The most, for me, one of the most controversial decisions not to give them more nominations because that show's fucking incredible. Scott's Pro Boys is Susan Stroman, John Kander, and Fred Ebb at the top of their game telling the most efficient storytelling I have ever seen on a Broadway stage. My, I have like a lot of rules for theater and one of the rules of theater is you have to end the show with a musical number. Except for that show because they did it so perfectly Wait, wait, well. remind me how it ends. Oh, I do remember, I do remember, I do remember. I don't want to spoil it because it's, Oh, that was perfection. And that's John Kander and Fred Ebb. That's what they do best is they're like, we know you think it's headed in this direction, but we're just going to do this. And then like our ending moment needs to make a statement. It was perfection. But whatever, they didn't get enough nominations. They closed early because well, people were offended. Well, people were like picketing. And, yeah. that's, and I firmly believe if you, if you picketed that show, you didn't see it. They are theatrical storytellers who told a story. They should be allowed to write what they like. And it, w- and it was tasteful and moving and like it told the right message. I agree. If if people picketed and like I'm happy to strike up a conversation with anyone who's who picketed and is listening right now. It if you picketed, you didn't understand the show. And I would imagine you probably didn't see it. I agree. Thank you, Michael. What is your dream project and dream collaborator? Oh, this is delicious, because now that we have Iris, like it's a real thing. It is. Um 
My dream project... Oh my god, actually, my dream project would be to take a show off-Broadway with Steve Shacklin. Me and Steve um, have, been a, have been a songwriting duo for, for about two years. Um, and I would just love... Steve writes the most beautifully heartbreaking lyrics, and his melodies are simple. And, and Steve Shacklin does simple better than anyone else that I've ever heard. And and Blake's simple. Blake from the Midwest is simple. Mm-hmm. And so, I wanna I wanna write a musical with Steve and have it produced at least off Broadway. Amazing. Yeah. How has theater changed since you moved to New York? It's so commercial now. Not that it wasn't. Um. It it's it's so commercial. Um. When. Oh, since I moved from New York. Maybe that's maybe that's speaking too broadly. Since I moved, to, that's it's only been three years. Yeah, has it changed? I think it may have changed three years. I, I don't. I, I believe it. Sh- I'm sure it has. I'm just trying to think of how. Um, and <laughs> I was gonna say maybe we edit out how long I take to think for this answer. <laughs> no, no, um, I'm keeping this. Um, how has it changed? Um, I think. Well, I mean, as an industry, for me, it became a lot more accessible. Um, I, I can only, I guess I can only speak selfishly because I'm, I'm not removed enough from it to see the big picture. For me, it's, it's become a lot more accessible. Like going to the Cheetahs and, and being there as like a fellow nominee was like, was a, a cool milestone that like the theater community is a lot more inviting than, yeah. than I think I thought at first glance. Yeah. So I think, and I would like to think that the theater community is getting more inviting. It's great. So that's how I'm gonna I'm gonna answer big picture. It's gotten more accessible to everyone. Great. Yep. So in the age of consumerism on Broadway, yep. we seem to be transitioning back into the world of musicals based on movies or pop star songs. Sure. Sure. Is this a bad thing? No. It's diversifying the form. Like and Sarah Bareilles proved to the world that a songwriter can write book songs. Like I love Kinky Boots. Cindy Lauper did an amazing job with like a high energy score. The storytelling in Sarah Bareilles' Waitress is like delicious. Yeah. No pun intended. Like it's just like it's she understood that like you start a scene and it continues into the song. And like that gave me hope for not only Sarah's future projects but like other songwriters to, to follow after her lead. Because, yeah. I mean, in the early 2000s when everything was based on a movie, based on this, sure. people like were up in arms like, we want original ideas. Sure, and, and we still love original ideas. Right. But, like, if the story is human, if the story is still relevant, and it's you still have to translate it. Sure. Like, like, SpongeBob is radically different than the show, but they correctly translated it for the stage. Right. Like, whether you like it or not is a whole different thing. I, I've always been in the camp of there never has been a quote-unquote original idea because something is always based on something sure in the nine in the early 20th century a lot of things were based on books or poems because that's what was around at sure that time. sure oklahoma's not an original idea cabaret isn't an original what is idea. it green go the lilacs or yeah is that oklahoma is cabaret everything is based on something yeah it's just our technology and media has changed sure so when it was a book now turned to a movie. Sure. And if people really want to complain about it, go fuck yourself. Ah! <laughs> if, it's, if something is a good source material to turn into a musical, try it. Not yeah. everything is good source material. Yeah. Um, but why not? Look at, I mean, Wicked is based off the book. Exactly. And like, it's running strong and it's a solid show. Like It's true. Stephen Schwartz has some of his best lyrics in, in Wicked. 
people think it's overrated. I think it's I think it's earned everything it's gotten. When are you gonna be in Wicked? Girl, when I can get an, a, a first appointment, <laughs> and then eight eight auditions later, like I'll finally get yeah. it or something. Where do you see your career in five years? Don't cry, don't cry. Where do I see my career in five years? Being a successful actor producer. I want my time evenly split between projects I'm acting in and producing. And whether those are the same projects, I don't care. Um, where do I see my... And there may be a location change. There may be a... Um, in the next five, ten years, there may be a, a city change. That's crazy. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. That's all I can say for now. Uh, so I've got some like fun random questions sure. to ask you. Just random things. Like, Great. What's your favorite show on Netflix currently? On Netflix? Mm-hmm. Is Crazy Ass Girlfriend on Netflix? It is. Um, I watch, Jordan primarily watches it, but that's what I watch with him. Crazy nice. Ex Girlfriend. They've taken a really lovely turn in this second and third season. I have, to, I have to watch. You should watch it. It's my favorite if show. If you were a Pokemon, who would you be? Ah! <laughs> um, you, this feels targeted. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> this a feels like bit. targeted content. Um, um, a Mudkip. I'm, I don't know what even that. Sure. Is. So it's <laughs> it's third generation. That's way so like me. what Squirtle was for the first generation. Okay. Mudkip is for the third generation, and right. it was the first starter Pokemon that was two types. Okay. And two interesting types, but I won't bore you with the details. Now I thought you were gonna say because you have a onesie, you would be Pikachu, but yes, Pikachu. <laughs> I like to, to like, defer to the real Pikachu, and, like, I don't think anyone should ever, like, want to be, because, like, she is the original. Sure. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna respectfully defer to Mudkip. Right. I like mm-hmm. that. Thank you. Who is your celebrity hall pass? What's my hall? What does a hall pass mean? It's like if Jordan said you, if the, this celebrity oh, is you can oh. <laughs> them. Um, 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 probably Kyle Dean Massey or Stephen Pasquale. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's all I'm saying on that. <laughs> Who will be playing you in a movie of your life and what is it called? Tentatively called Bumping Into Walls. And who's playing me? Let's have Brandon Flynn play me because that means we're going to sell tickets at the box office. It's true. And w- not that we're the same type at all, but like I would love to see like his interpretation of me. <laughs> From, like, working together for, what, four months? And then, like, yeah, I would love to see Brandon Flynn's interpretation That's of funny. <laughs> so we're going to do the pop five rapid fire questions. Okay. So I'm going to give you five pop culture things. Great. You're going to give me first phrase, word, story, whatever you want to say about that. Okay. Number one is WWE star Ronda Rossi. Yes. Oh, and I just start talking? Yeah. Oh, my God, my mother would love this. She used to watch WWE all the time. She would actually know who you're talking about. I would not. Well, Ronda Rossi was a... Uh, uh, Wrestling MMA fighter okay. who didn't do so well now is part of WWE. Oh, um, my mom loves WWE. She loves like how cheesy it is, and she knows it's fake, and that's the best part about it for her. Yeah. She's like they're being safe, like they're just acting, and like the crowd is like going. So she would wild. approve if you were a WWE wrestler. I don't know about all that, <laughs> but, but she would like support me because like technically it's an acting. Right, role. right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I would love to bulk up for that. Not that much, though. I'd be like, I'd be like the muscle twink. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Number two is Cardi B's new album. Oh, don't do this to me. I am not this person. I am. Um, 
I haven't even heard it. We're no. editing that one out. No, we're keeping that one in. <laughs> That's okay. I haven't heard it either. Great. Do you even know who Cardi B is? No. Wow. <laughs> okay, okay. This is funny. why we're editing it out. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Number three is TJ Miller's fake bomb threat. You're going to have to get... Listen, apparently I'm under a rock because apparently, like, I'm... N- I have... N- what? What is this? Tell me so about So TJ Miller was on Silicon Valley. Okay. And apparently called in a bomb threat while he was on an Amac- Amtrak train and then was arrested for a fake bomb well, threat. Well, I think he shouldn't do that. No. Those are my thoughts on yeah. it. I think he's a bad boy for doing that. Yeah. Number four. Let's see if you've heard about this one. Probably not because it came this. out today. Number this. four is Gwen Stefani Las Vegas residency. I'm in full support. <laughs> Are you a Gwen Stefani fan? The only uh, I am. I used to love her. I loved her music more in, in middle school and high school, and then I just sort of dropped off because other. I just found other artists that like were more like me. Um, listen, I'm all about a Las Vegas residency. The only one, the only Vegas residency that I'm aware of is Britney Spears because of my friend Thomas. Shout out to Thomas. <laughs> and number five, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Um. I've heard they did it right. I heard they did it right for all the Harry Potter fans, and they also like translated it for the stage. And just from hearing the buzz about them releasing the script and the last moment of act, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I'm ruining anything by like just describing what's in the book. But like at the end of Act One, it says the theater goes cold and the lights go out. I got chills. I got oh. chills just now telling you about that. So like, that's the kind of theater that excites me because. That's along the lines of what Iris is trying to do. Like, the theater went cold. That's more than just a theatrical experience. Yeah. And I don't know how they do it or if they they still, like, try to do that or if that's if that's since been revised. But the theater went cold. Yeah. I love that. And whether they mean, like, emotionally, I don't know. I hope it literally goes cold. It turns into an icebox. Yes. And they, like, redid the whole theater. I like they did. So, like, that's something that... Is interesting to me. Like, they made the whole theatrical experience happen. You're walking into an experience, not just a show. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen it. I probably shouldn't see it until I've seen a single Harry Potter movie, so... I only saw the first five, if it makes you feel any better. I've seen zero. I've never read them either. Okay, well, now I'm shaming you, and you need (laughs) to pick up a book. Read the first one. I don't know how to read. Oh, okay. Well, we got bigger issues. (laughs) (laughs) So I had my previous guest ask my current guest a question. Oh. Um, And this is a question from Fifi Dubois. Oh, I love Fifi. How would you describe a rainbow to a blind person? First of all, shout out to Fifi for this question. How would I describe a rainbow to a blind person? I'm assuming that's like the definition of a drag queen. Like <laughs> To describe a drag queen is to describe a rainbow to a blind person. Wow. I guess... So they hear sounds. So uh, presumably they're not also uh, hard of hearing. They hear sounds. And so I would describe it as like multiple beautiful symphonies happening at once in a, in a row. Uh, they, they probably... Multiple symphonies happening at once. So like what symphony is to sound, a rainbow is to color. I like that. That's the best description I can yeah. come up with. I nice. hope I did Fifi proud. I hope so, too. Do I get to ask someone else a question? That is, that <gasps> is it. Now it's your turn. It's like you've listened to the podcast before. Get out. Um, <laughs> a 
question to ask the next person. I... Okay. Keeping with the Iris theme, what is the... What, what is the craziest experience you've ever had where when someone asked you enjoyed it first and foremost you enjoyed the experience and ha and it was one of your favorite experiences but when someone asked you to describe it you had the hardest time telling them what happened all right and attempt to give us the spark notes all right let's do it That's cheers to your next guest awesome well if you made it this far in the podcast use hashtag iris productions cheers. iris productions yes where can we find you on social media blake yeah. At Blake Zolfo. On? Facebook, uh, Twitter. I don't have an Instagram. I know. Anymore. So is this like the day you're going to change that? Oh, gosh. You're like the 10th person that's asked why I don't have an Instagram. I'm probably getting one. Right now it's on principle because I had an ex who shall remain nameless who told me that I wasn't farther in my acting career because of my... That I didn't have an Instagram. Wow. So... On principle, I wanted to prove to him that I could make it without an Instagram, and, and Kid Victory and was after the Instagram incident, great. so... Well, I mean, that this is what happens. You didn't have to share so many thoughty pictures of yourself. Amen. And for that, my parents are grateful. <laughs> well, this was incredible. Thank you for coming on and doing this Thanks, with me. Dude, this was fun. I had a blast. Thanks once again to Blake for joining me. Make sure to tap that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. <laughs>